It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome back in. Oh, I should say welcome in for the first time today here on Sports by the Book. Uh, third time, to fourth time today. If you've been on the channel, of course, uh, Race Day Las Vegas, Gone Racing, back where it belongs here at the South Point, and of course, Punchlines before the fourth show of the day here at the studio, Sports by the Book. I'm Jeff Parles. we got a loaded show for you today. We'll see Frank Nicotero <laughs> a little later in the program, Kai McKeon of Three Man Weave, talking some college hoops. But starting off the show, American treasure himself. That's me. Jimmy Vaccaro. How you been, kid? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting time of year. This little lull here after yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. We're less than 10 days away from some of the conference tournaments beginning in college hoops. Oh, so I can't wait. It'll be uh, it'll be super, super excited uh, to get those tournaments going. Of course, all the tournaments here in town, WCC, the WAC, uh, the Mountain West, and of course, the final time for the Pac-12 this well, go-around. Well, one more thing you can add to that, because you go back a short 20 years ago, you wouldn't even heard of like, what? You can't play basketball colleges in Las Vegas. <laughs> right. They can't wait to get in here now and get oh, the conferences here. Yeah. So it, same old thing. And we sh- tried to tell them 20 years ago, and they finally listened after 10 years. But uh, those those games, obviously, with UCLA and stuff like that, it's an absolute automatic. But it was the same teams 20, 20 years ago. But I'm glad we finally got there because I'll tell you what, these conference championship games and tournaments that they have draw a lot of people. I mean, oh, not like a couple people. I mean, a lot of people. So it, they're showing us where the hell have you guys been. Well, I, the Mountain West tournament's going to be awesome this yep. year right now. Six projected teams going to the dance, according to a lot of the bracketologists sure. out there. The last go-around for the Pac-12, mm-hmm. so Arizona fans and UCLA fans yeah. uh, will be out in droves over at T-Mobile uh, Arena in, again, less than three weeks until, sele- or less than four weeks now until Selection Sunday. Pretty right. crazy that we're uh, getting in on it. Yeah, it sure is, and obviously it shows you the strength of uh, what it is, because uh, even though you can't do much with it, it's a it's a big deal. You right. know, they'll sit here all day, and oh, just yeah. like, you know, and uh, number seven, whatever, it's, but you know what? It's just like any other business. We have progressed. We have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And some reasons we got bigger and bigger and bigger because we started to do more, more, and more. And the, the public tells you to some degree, uh, you're wasting your time or, listen, kid, put this up. There'll be a lot of people come and show up. So uh, we've listened to a great degree also. Well, and that's also, we've, we've just to keep it on college hoops before we move into some other things too. That's a week where there are a lot of betters that enjoy that conference tournament week more than the, than the, than the big dance the following week. Because as you mentioned, there yeah. will be people that will show up at 8 in the morning on, on Tuesday. And some of them won't, won't want to leave until the brackets are revealed on Sunday this, afternoon. This is where it starts also for like the Cinderella team. Yes. If you beat the conference and you want to beat, let's say whoever you are and you beat Connecticut, you're going to be in the big dance 100%. because that's what happens. And my thing's always been there's always – Maybe two or three teams that people glom onto and call them the Cinderella team. And you know what? Even though they're big dogs, uh, like they they bet on these things too, which is good. And like I said, when you have a, a Cinderella team, it's only good. It just stretches another day of something interesting coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Jimmy, you said you were uh, looking at Handel uh, mm-hmm. over the last week. Uh, the NBA, of course, uh, they come out of the All-Star break tonight. Uh, the All-Star game was barely basketball. On Sunday, to put it politely, yeah. uh, but uh, of course, the college hoops, as as we said, this is a lot of about the time where the public starts getting all right. Super Bowl's done. 
Let's look at the college hoops in the lead up to March Madness. Well, I mean, you see Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Oh, he yeah. starts already. But we, for whatever it's worth, it means something. Because people yeah. like, they want to, oh, how could he say that? How could he do that? It just creates more interest in it. So, Joe, keep doing it, kid. Oh, hey, look, uh, that, every single morning, look at it, see yeah. who's playing, see who's uh, of the bubble teams that are that are in action tonight. There are plenty. Uh, even just tonight, Gonzaga in a in a spot mm-hmm. that they're not used to on the bubble right now. And what hel- hel- what helps quite a bit also is like let's say like you're yesterday's team and you knock off uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in there now. You got that. Yeah. Like you beat Kentucky. So if it comes down to like a yin or a yang, it says, hey, you know, we got to give them to them because they did beat Kentucky. LSU with a nice upset yeah. yesterday in Baton Rouge uh, against the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Jimmy. I want to go to something you brought it up when you when you uh, came in the studio and <laughs> and it's pretty amazing that 44 years ago today yeah team USA beat the Soviet Union <laughs> better known as the miracle on ice at the Lake Placid yeah. 1980 Winter Olympics of course team USA would go on to win gold uh as a lot of people uh, probably don't realize even from the movie that mm. that was not the game that clinched the gold they had to come out win another game yeah. who was it Sweden well, or think, somebody? It was Finland, right? Finland. Yeah, I think you're Sweden. right. I'll have to double check that. It was, either, it was one of the Scandinavian countries. Uh-huh. I think it was yeah. Finland, though, uh, that they had to come out and beat after beating the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. But but Jimmy just, it just shows how different sports are today in comparison to yeah. 44 years ago. Right. The game was on tape delay. Mm-hmm. But you were one of the few books, if maybe even the only book, that booked that game mm-hmm. uh, between the Soviets and the, and the U.S. on the Miracle Night. Well, remember what it was also. Like, uh, I think there was only two or three casinos that had sports books in there right. and we were one of them at the barbie coast right on the corner back down there and so like when we put it up and it was just a great draw even though it was people were jumping over the counters at me because they thought that we're the ones who t- took the game down on live television i kept going <laughs> whoa just relax it's not us and and to have that thing right at that particular point in time and one more i'll interject this on how crazy it got now to go back to the uh 40 44 years ago, it's simply every now and then, just about every week, maybe every two weeks, there was always a team like you were waiting for them to come on, then we're on the West Coast, and then they didn't come on. They put some junior college right. team. You ready for this one where Jimmy needed help? I mean security. You ready? Nebraska and Oklahoma. Monster, monster, monster when they played each other. Just crazy. It was like a Super Bowl Sunday when the, when those two played. So I'm all morning, we're writing tickets, we're doing this. Hey, man, Jimmy, what's going on? Whatever. Then here it comes, you know, uh, Adelson Tech is playing somebody <laughs> from Pittsburgh. Pitt, Robert Morse is up like, yeah. They were screaming at me, and I said, it's not us. And they came with that little banner on the thing, you know, go to this station or whatever. But I'll never forget that. And now today we have maybe uh, 50 games on Saturday just with college. So that was a, that was another learning period. And everybody from Las Vegas that had any power, any power tried to go to these people and say, listen, you're missing a big opportunity to present your product out here. So Nebraska, Oklahoma. So that was another learning learning drive. Well, I, again, I might have brought this up with Chris and Vinny and you during the college football season, mm-hmm. just how, again, even, even in the early 2000s, not every, it, it was right. not as even mm-hmm. as easy access now where every game in some fashion is at least streamed online mm-hmm. and in here, 50, 60, even 70 games on a regular yeah. college football you're, Saturday. You're right. And, and then it started with college basketball, too. Mm-hmm. But then you saw the growth of college basketball. Look at the schedule tonight. There must be 50 games that are played tonight. So 
everybody's jockeying for position. So, and, and you know what? What I like about the college, and I don't like about the pros, I'm sure we'll get there too, is like sure. the colleges played their ass off because they knew every game had a shot for them to go to the Sweet 16 or something to get into the tournament and see where it goes from here. Now, the NBA, you know, we know there's, you know, the, the Lakers have four games in front of uh, the Warriors, whatever, but that's not exciting, exciting. And the, another bad thing about the NBA is like, the reason it doesn't hold on even through the playoffs or whatever, you remember some of the playoffs are in like June 15th. They're just like people go on vacations too. So it, it starts out okay, but then it fizzles out when we get to the hot days. Well, it's it's interesting because you, you get obviously both the hockey and the basketball regular seasons end around April, around tax day, around right. April 15th mm -hmm. or so. And and you're right. Those uh the latest NBA Finals is like June twenty second. June twenty second. Yeah, year. yeah, wow. yeah. No, it, it, it June twenty first. Late, late, late. Uh, that's wow. obviously not counting the pandemic year, which everything was obviously screwed up that year. Now remember, June twenty second. Six weeks later, they have exhibition football games. They're having. They're going to camp. Well, and well, that's the thing too. Like, we're just just talking out. All right, once once March Madness is over, what? Yeah. We pivot to baseball, we pivot to the NBA playoffs, we pivot to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Once the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs are done, it's like, well, yeah. kind of pivoting the football right then and there because it's so close to training camp. And then, of course, preseason games, which we know, Jimmy, professional bettors love betting. And one of the things that we root for being the bookmakers is like, you at least got to have maybe, hopefully, the Dodgers are playing every night because people come in, it, it, it's a more steady crowd that the uh, uh, that the uh, Dodgers are playing in, so we want them. It's like with uh, with the Lakers too. It's obviously not to have a great year, but like it does boost up the handle only because it's it's that. Well, that's that's the thing too. You mentioned in the in the past, Chris has mentioned it as well. Just looking at the Dodgers, the Dodgers have a win total of one hundred three and a half yeah, right. going into this year. Which I'll be honest with you, Jimmy, I don't know man, how many under bets you're going to take, other than from a few sharps here and there on that. Because everyone in the public is just going to fly in and bet that thing over. Every time that I hear like a total on that, and I obviously, there are some things I've done in this town that are like very good. There are some things I've done and say, what the hell are you doing, Jimmy? One of the best things I ever did, you no, know, maybe one of the better things I've ever did here is like started the win totals yep. with the NFL. Mm -hmm. And now every sport in the world has overs and unders on their teams, you know, uh, for the year. So well, that was of course, the, the year that you uh, that that you created it was the year did the Cowboys won one in fifteen, correct? Yeah, they won one. In, they were one in fifteen, <laughs> and the guy bet the thirty eight thousand on on the. He, he constantly every time he came to Las Vegas, he stopped in to see me. He called me as a Australian bookmaker. He says, "You beat me, Jimmy, out of thirty eight thousand." <laughs> Getting back before I forget, because I I, uh, I kind of I'm. Pretty sure that I had the uh, the Russians a six to one favorite. Six to one favorite. Okay. Yeah, I think that was it. Now, now there are, are some people I've seen or heard over the course of the years. Like I said, Jimmy, you know, I, I seen where it was higher. Well, there weren't too many books in town, so I don't know. I don't know how many could be higher. And and one guy sent in something said, uh, Jimmy, I beat you for twenty four thousand. You know, I took the six to one or whatever the hell it was, and I wouldn't have taken twenty, you know, six thousand four to one on a hockey team that had maybe a, a hundred tickets on the whole damn game. But but it's nice and it, it it fit in perfect for just everything else. It just here we go. We keep getting bigger and bigger and more interest in it, and this is where we're at. And one more thing, hmm? I I seen it when it was starting. I seen it when it was here right now, and I will see it 
when it goes to the next level. There's always changes within the next 15 to 20 years because you have to keep up with the times, and uh, we do. Uh, so you brought up the price on the Americans. No Buster Douglas, though. Not, oh, not quite boy. Buster Douglas at 42 to 1. Wow, that was great. Uh, the last guy, I always tell the story because, you know, people, oh, Jimmy, you're crazy. I said, no. I said, I'm not crazy. And it sounds like I am crazy because but one thing, I have never fudged on something that I've sent out on whatever. A guy came up to me. He was a, a big high roller. He came up with a casino host from the Mirage. And he came walking over to the counter, knew that we had the game up. When he walked over, we had a uh, minus 42 plus 37. I think that okay. was it. And help me with my math. He's with the casino host. Hey, Jimmy, hey, man, what's going on? He said, I'm going to win a couple of dollars. I said, that's fine. So he was with the casino host, which I know that they just go to the cage, get a marker and, and whatever. He says, give me the, uh, give me Tyson to win 10,000. That means he put up 420,000 yeah, yeah. to win 10,000. Yeah. And then he made the bet. Then he disappeared. And then I saw him a couple of days later. He said, hey, man, I was just trying to win 10,000. That's all I was trying to do. Uh, those are some of the things that I did that I'll, I'll live forever with, but uh, they're kind of funny. No, it's, uh, again, it's going to be hard-pressed to ever, ever see a single event like that again. Uh, no, no. Uh, with, uh, of course, uh, the dominance of Tyson at that point. That, that was in Tokyo, that fight, right? Yeah. yeah. And now here's the other thing it's a little depending where you live hbo didn't broadcast it here in las vegas now it doesn't okay. mean they couldn't broadcast it somewhere else but the showtime in those places weren't even up and running then but it was a it was a big deal because i said after that i started to get a lot of recognition which was good for me and the whole uh, everybody that had sports books because uh you talked about this you seen where it go see where it went and and of course, boxing was a monster for about a 15-year period mm -hmm. in here in town. So, like I said, kid, all right, have a good day. We'll go from there. Absolutely. Jimmy, a pleasure as always. We'll see you again tomorrow. I'll be here. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Vaccaro, everyone. Uh -oh. uh, don't, don't, don't trip on the way out. Uh, <laughs> always love catching up with Jimmy. You know, we don't even need a break. We'll, we'll, we'll fly right in. Uh, put, the, put the headset on and bring in our guy, Kai McKee, in a three-man weave. With us right now, Kai. Pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Good, good. It's always it's always fun to, to talk to Jimmy. It, it, stories are endless. Uh, it, oh yeah. It, it always learn something new that I didn't didn't know it happened in the, in the past here in this town. Uh, always, we'll see Jimmy again tomorrow on the show as well. All right, uh, let's get into today real quick uh, mm -hmm. before we uh, get your picks and uh, go to some more macro stuff. I want to start with Florida Atlantic and SMU real quick because Florida yeah. Atlantic got absolutely clocked for about 31 minutes in Tampa and then almost pulled that thing off, uh, just starting to come back a little too late against the Bulls. Now SMU comes wandering in here. Uh, behind us at six, there's some six and a half out there. There's some five and a half early on this game. This kind of feels like a pretty reasonable bounce back spot for Florida Atlantic. Yes, I know the market has loved them all year. They've bet them all year. They have not been good as a favorite, especially in American play. But this feels like a pretty good, hey, get yourselves right uh, before Memphis. You go to Memphis on Sunday, which the Tigers had their best game in probably two months yesterday against Charlotte. Yeah, you would think it'd be a great opportunity for them to bounce back after that, uh, excuse me, USF loss. But the problem is they just haven't been able to really emphatically put away uh, American competition all season. And I've kind of called it playing with food. Uh, but at this point, maybe it is what it is. And they're 3-10, and 10, I think, against the spread in conference play. It's possible this team is just not that much better 
than their competition that we expected them to be uh, in, in the preseason. I, I do lean their way. I do, I do think they can find success against SMU, but man, their defense, that's been really what's letting them down this season. And, and SMU, the way they control the glass, you know, from what we've seen, I, I think they can hang around. So I'm, I'm, it's a toss-up for me in this one, Jeff. Yeah, what do you think of SMU's tournament prospects here? Obviously, Ken Palm has them as a top 40 team. I, yeah. I think they get hurt by the quality of the league around them. If Memphis and or Texas were better, like actual bubble teams as opposed to out of the mix for the time being, I think they would probably be in that last four out, last four in scenario. Uh, but they really do. The, the, the other side of the coin here is they really need this game tonight uh, down in mm -hmm. Boca. If they pull this upset and then win out, which would include a win in Tampa as well over the weekend, maybe they can sneak in the back door and find an at-large bid without having to win the American Conference Tournament in Fort Worth. Yeah, they really lack wins. They, they have zero Q1 wins. So if they if they win against FAU, that's that's their first one, their Q1 win. Yeah, you mentioned they play at South Florida. I, I'm not sure if that's Q, that's probably a Q1 as well if South Florida's in the top 75 in the net. And then they're at UAB and at least a Q2 win there. So they if they went out, I'd agree with you, SMU's in pretty good shape for the tournament right now, though. If they lose to FAU, if they drop to USF, UAB, I don't really see them getting there just because of the lack of wins. Um, they do have those two Q3 losses as well. And two total Q1 plus Q2 wins right now just doesn't stack up favorably uh, compared to the rest of the bubble. Going to Purdue tonight, of course, coming off of the the head scratcher in Columbus. Even yeah. though I, I thought it was a pretty brutal spot for them as it was. Didn't expect them to lose outright, but uh, didn't think it was the best spot to lay points with them on the road with uh, – an interim coach and Holtman obviously getting fired earlier in the week. Now to get Rutgers, Rutgers is playing a lot better basketball of late mm -hmm. 15 point line here tonight, which is a big one. Purdue didn't cover against Minnesota last week when they were a bigger favorite than this. I, I, I kind of want to just stay away from this with a low total as well for Purdue games at 139. But the one thing that does concern me for Purdue, Kai, we saw it on Sunday, slow it, slowing them down. They don't like that. Mm -hmm. And they turned it over on over 20% of their possessions against Ohio State. And if there's one team in the Big Ten that is capable of slowing you down and making you uncomfortable, it is the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, for sure. That's their brand, right? Physicality. They have been playing faster on offense this season overall, but they're still that same tough, physical, you know, attack the glass uh, basketball team that we know and love from Steve Peichel, the, the Rutgers brand. Rutgers has been a lot better because Jeremiah Williams mm -hmm. is back in the lineup. He, he's been back for five or six games. And that pretty much coincides with their little run that they've uh, recently done in the Big Ten. They lost to Minnesota, but before that, won like five straight games. They, they're a lot better team right now. 15 points is a lot. Rutgers has beaten Purdue the last two years, both uh, I think once at Mackey and then once at Rutgers. They're not a pushover. They have a big guy, Cliff Amore who can kind of hang with Edie. I'm sure he'll get in foul trouble or, or or fall just short of quite stopping Edie consistently, but at least he can hang around with him and, and give him some uh, competition up front. So I would lean towards Rutgers with, with that big spread. Um, again, the pace will be quicker than normal for Rutgers games, uh, but I just think they can hang around. It just feels like a lot of points. Now, granted, Rutgers could have one mm -hmm. of those offensive stink bombs and put up like 45 points. Of <laughs> You're in a whole lot of trouble. Uh, with that, uh, but hey, look, uh, it's, a, it's a big number there at Mackey, uh, even though people have taken the number down from 16 on the overnights.
All right, let's go to one of your first plays of the day because it's on uh, chronological order on the rotation number, 755-756. It's a pretty important game in the CAA there in, in at, at Udell tonight. The Blue Hens hosting College of Charleston. Charleston's a point-and-a-half favorite on the road here against Delaware. Again, these are they, they're really compact at the top six in the CAA. Mm-hmm. All those teams separated by two games. Charleston does enter the week a game in front of everyone else. But this is a big spot for them on the road. Yeah, I just think Charleston's really separated themselves recently uh, compared to the rest of the Colonial. Excuse me, the Coastal uh, Athletic. Still the Colonial (laughs) does, guy. Yeah, I I still get it. We'll just call it CAA. CAA no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, they've been rolling. Charleston's been rolling. This is a team that you thought was going to win the league in the preseason. They're finally kind of living up to that billing. Won five or six in a row. Delaware's defense, it's, it's ranked highly in the league, but... It's held up by some shooting luck. Teams are shooting 28% from three against them. That's got to regress. Clearly, it's been 14 games or so, and it hasn't regressed all the way down. But I still think that's coming, especially against the Charleston team, that they pretty much live and die by the three. They they had the highest temp rate from three in the conference, one of the highest in the country as well. That's kind of Pat Kelsey's brand in addition to running up and down. And I, I just think Charleston has the size to compete with Delaware's offense, which goes through Jair Davis, uh, a fantastic frontcourt player. Charleston has size to throw them, has, has a lot of depth up front. So the short spread, minus one and a half here. I don't mind them playing on the road. Um, I, I do like Charleston in this game. I do want to ask you about another CAA game real quick because mm-hmm. these two teams played a week ago in Philadelphia, and now they play out in Long Island tonight. And Hofstra, who lost the first meeting to the Dragons, they blew, they blew a nice-sized halftime lead. Mm-hmm. Good comeback by Drexel in that game a week ago. Uh, this opened two and a half in some spots, up to four now on the Pride at home against Drexel with a total of 136. I think that's the right side. Um, Drexel's a team that they don't win pretty, and I, I think they were kind of flying a bit too high uh, for for much of the year, certainly stacked with their defense. Their defense is always tough. They play really physical brand of basketball. Uh, Mari Williams is, is an absolute star in this league, but they really can stagnate offensively, and they've gotten – some good shooting in conference play. I really don't think that's indicative of who they truly are. I mean, they're 5% better in conference play from three than they are on the entire season. That's that's an outlier. This team really can't shoot that well if you look up and down the roster. And you've kind of seen that recently with their little swoon, um, mini swoon, going from 7-0 and to 10-4 and now in the league. I think Hoffs is the right side. Four is getting up there to where I probably wouldn't take it right now, but I, I do agree with the market movement. It's a pretty big stretch for Hofstra in here. They have Drexel in this mm-hmm. one. Then they get the uh, their home finale against Elon, even though uh, you know, Elon went on the road and, and somehow beat Wilmington over the weekend in one of the yeah. more perplexing results on Saturday in any level of college hoops. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Hofstra gets to go to Wilmington and Charleston end their season. So a little bit brutal stretch for Hofstra yeah. to end the year in CAA play. Kai McKeon with us right now, three-man weave, where you can find Kai's work. Uh, going back to the Big Ten, Minnesota gets Ohio State tonight at the barn. Gophers are three at home. That seems a little light, doesn't it? I know Ohio State's coming off the big win. Maybe they get a mm-hmm. second game boost after the firing of Holtman. But with the way that Minnesota's played at home this year, this kind of feels a little light up there at Williams Arena. Yeah, Big Ten in general has been awesome at home, right? I think they're right, they're one of the best conferences in America. Home teams are winning outright seventy percent of the time, second highest rate in the in the league. Excuse me, the country. Uh, yeah, Minnesota has not been profitable to fade them. I, I think they're the the best ATS team in the country. Something like mm-hmm. twenty two and three against the number against the closing line. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes, uh, it is. I. 
I wouldn't look to fade them here. Ohio State, obviously, off that big win, heading on the road. You know, maybe there's a bit of a shot in the arm for them getting, you know, I, I like Chris Holtman hand up, but maybe it, it did kind of invigorate them, galvanize them a bit with the coaching change, have a new chip on their shoulder sort of thing. Um, however, I do lean towards Minnesota. They still have an outside shot at, at, at the NCAA tournament. It's not going to be easy, but obviously starts with wins. I, I lean their way here, short spread at the barn. Let's go to Gonzaga tonight. Uh, right now, squarely on the bubble, according to most bracketologists. Yeah. Uh, Lenardi had him as the last team in, which is a position mm -hmm. that this program is not used to being in. Of course, they could still win the WCC here in Vegas. They probably still will. But tonight, they're on the road against the uh, not-so-good Portland team. 22-and-a-half yeah. on the road tonight here for Gonzaga with a total of 163-and-a-half. Yeah, this is simply just Gonzaga's in a different class than the rest of the league. Um, they've been rolling WCC competition outside of San Francisco and St. Mary's. Seven times they've beaten teams by 25-plus in league play. Three times they've beaten teams by 30-plus, and they just beat this Portland team by 32 in the last game they played. It's just a big mismatch. Um, Gonzaga's offense, number one in the league, Portland's allowing over 1.2 points per possession. That's terrible. Um, they're a sieve defensively, and they can't score. Portland just really lacks talent depth this season. Love Shante Lagans, great coach for Portland. I just think they're out of their element here. And then you're, to your point with the bubble, this is going to be a consideration for a lot of teams, especially ones that are smart and know how the networks and analytics, it pays to, to win by a lot of points. There is a bit of a cap on the net, but the more you win by, the higher your analytics go um, for predictive metrics, and it can also impact the net. Teams know that. Uh, they will be pushing to win by as much as possible over the next few days. Gonzaga's last three in conference. They get Santa Clara at the kennel for their final home game. Santa Clara, of course, upset Gonzaga back mm -hmm. in January. Then they play the Dons in a game that's being played at the Chase Center, the Warriors' place next Thursday night. Very bizarre yeah. that San Francisco wouldn't want Mistake. that game on the hill, uh, to say yeah. the very least. Uh, and then they get St. Mary's in Moraga. Again, St. Mary's already went to the kennel and beat Gonzaga mm -hmm. this year. So a revenge spot twice for the Zags in their final three games of conference play. Uh, going to the Pac-12, Kai, uh, let's go to the big one. Of course, Wazoo has already defeated Arizona once this year. Now the, ret the return trip down to Tucson, a difficult spot here for the Cougars, to say the least. Arizona's 13 right now. With a total of 150 and a half in this one, of course, the Cats, we know, projected number one seed as it came out on Saturday in the committee's top 16 reveal. Yeah, feels high, uh, but I, I wouldn't want to fade Arizona right now. Uh, the The way they can score, the way their, their explosiveness, it, it's been incredible to watch. And they can really beat anybody and go on long runs by double digits. It's, it's really ch kind of child's play for them. Now, they have lost in conference play, obviously. That has coincided usually with the other team uh, getting really, really hot from three. In Washington State loss, that wasn't really the case. And Wazoo did a really good job defensively against Arizona, um, kind of forcing them to miss shots. But also they have the size to match up a little bit with Arizona. They're the second biggest team in the country uh, height-wise. Kyle Smith's obviously done a great job. He will be a Coach of the Year candidate. And they have Miles Rice, who's one of the best, quote-unquote, game-breakers in the country this year. Guy who can really take over games. But again... I don't really want to fade Arizona. I still think they're the best team in the country. Um, credit to Wazoo for all they've done. I think they fall short in this game. 13 seems high, but again, not going to fade the Cats. Yeah, Arizona's not lost since that buzzer-beater loss in Corvallis mm -hmm. 
where, quite frankly, if that game goes to overtime, they probably win by 15 yeah, <laughs> with, right. the way, with the way that end of regulation went. Uh, but, you know, it's again, with Arizona, we were actually talking about Arizona in the studio before. I, I think talent-wise, they're the most talented team in the country. I, I don't think there's much of an yeah. argument on that. It's just we've seen with them this year, they at times lack focus. They at times mm-hmm. I go too much through Caleb Love. And my biggest takeaway when I was at the game they lost here in Vegas to Florida Atlantic, it looked like Tommy Lloyd did nothing down the stretch in that game, which yeah. uh, has been a concern in the NCAA tournament, of course, last year against Princeton, that ridiculous loss. I know the Tigers mm-hmm. made the Sweet 16, but come on now. And getting blasted by Houston uh, in the round of 16. They're, they're, kind of in the, they're kind of in a bizarro Purdue boat, for, for me at least, at least what how some people are view, viewing Purdue of, hey, you got to show me in the tournament before I fully trust right. you. Yeah, you got to get that monkey off your back, right? And Tommy Lloyd, I think he will. I think he's a good coach, but I agree with you. It does kind of become the Caleb Love show uh, in crunch time. And, hey, part of that's on Tommy for letting that happen. And we've seen that experiment fail at at North Carolina. We've seen it work. North Carolina's awesome run, you know, two years ago in the tournament. Caleb Love is a huge part of that. But he is absolutely a feast or famine type of guy. And he's having a better year this year with Arizona. But I do wish that that Tommy would kind of get away from him solely in crunch time. Um, you know, maybe he's kind of turned a corner over the last couple of games. You mentioned they've, they're on a run. Um, and maybe they're just too talented for it to matter. Uh, and they, they can outscore anybody. Um, but that is the one caveat to their team and, and potential uh, NCAA tournament run. Kai, I want to go back two days real quick because Creighton really put it on UConn. I know the Huskies got it to 10 with about four minutes to go, but... That game was never really in doubt of who was the right side there with Creighton winning by 19 and covering all numbers with ease. I, I know some will make it out to be out. Maybe UConn's not as good. I, I think it's the other way on this. I just think Creighton, a team that at times this year, again, I, I don't want to say lack of focus, but kind of with them, the mm-hmm. no-show against Colorado State, Rams ended up being pretty darn good. The weird loss here in Vegas, the UNLV, UNLV, that was the first game with Boone. They were with Caleb Boone. They're pretty talented. Uh, but this Creighton team seems pretty well set up where, again, they were one foul call that I'm still not certain was correct from being in the Final Four a year ago. I, mm-hmm. I think this team is every bit as good as they were. And that on Tuesday was more to do with them being that good as opposed to, all right, UConn may not be as good. It was just one bad game in conference. We've seen this with high-end Big East teams going to Omaha since Creighton has joined the league. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Tough place to play. Obviously, a rocky environment. And and Creighton played a perfect game offensively. They're 14 for 28 from three. It's hard to beat anybody when, when you shoot like that. You know, can, UConn, they didn't score poorly. They shot horrible from three. So three-point split's not in their favor. That can happen in college basketball. I, I don't think UConn's overrated whatsoever they are an awesome team i am glad they got their butts kicked because i'm tired of hearing that uconn is head and shoulders over everybody else that houston's overrated that arizona's overrated yada yada purdue's overrated the point is there's a lot of elite teams this year in college basketball in my opinion it's the most open the national title race has been in the last several years and that's not because the competition's down it's because the competition is up and there's a lot of elite teams it's going to be an awesome tournament uh, because of that creighton included they they are definitely a final four contender my one worry about them they don't really force the action defensively they're not going to turn you over they play more of a conservative shell and they're not really a super physical team so they can't really bother opponents offensively 
that's my one concern with them. They can certainly score, though, and beat anybody um, if they're on fire like they were against UConn. All right, one last one before we let you go, Kai. Which of the top three SEC teams do you trust the most when we get to the tournament? Well, I'm going to say Tennessee, despite Rick Barnes, uh, his history there. Uh, and the reason for that is their offense is revamped than, we, than what we've seen from uh, historical Rick Barnes teams from Tennessee. They play faster. They have Dalton Connect. Those two things are a big change from, from the other Tennessee teams that really had trouble scoring a lot, right? It could get mm -hmm. stagnated a lot. They still have that dominant defense. Now they have pace offensively, a guy that can they can go to for a bucket whenever they want. I think that's the difference um, for Tennessee this year. Yeah, it's it's really tough, at least for those three mm -hmm. teams, because Alabama, even though they're number one in offense in Ken Palm, we saw it in the tournament last year. One bad game with shooting the three ball against a good team. See you yep. later. Uh, mm -hmm. And Auburn, I, I don't know. I mean, Auburn, this team kind of screams 2019 a little bit to me, but yeah. I don't fully trust them. And then you just mentioned it. it it's still Rick Bards. <laughs> so there's a, a definite <laughs> level of hesitation on uh, on anything tournament related for the Vols. I do agree with you for what it's worth, Guy. I think they are the most Good. set up. But the problem, again, is Rick Bards. So I don't know how yep. much. Uh, yep. Will we see the bracket in a few, in, in, about, in a little under a month from now? I'm sure Tennessee will be a three seed or a two seed, and they'll be like, wow, I really yep. want to pick that six or that seven to beat them in around the 32. Exactly. Even, exactly. Though I, even though I know I shouldn't. All right. He's Kai McKee. And of course, three man weave where you can find his work. Him, Matt, Jim always do great stuff. One of them on this show every Thursday on the tweets at Kai underscore three MW as well. Kai, pleasure as always, man. Thanks for hanging out this afternoon. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Kai McKeon, everyone. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Frank Nicotero joins us next. And we might even have an action figure for him as well. I will, you'll have to see it here on the show. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. The perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yeah. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the clock. I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. 
Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Files, and now joining us, he is the host of Punchlines. He was also once the voice of Iron City Beer. <laughs> That's right. He also has a championship as a player manageable player manager in Babe Ruth level baseball. It was uh, it's my last game. I hung him up, man. Hung I up. went out of champ. I was like, uh, uh, I was gonna say Elway or Bettis, but I should be talking baseball. Who who did win a championship on their last game in baseball? And then hang them up. I don't know. You could have gone. I know it's all football, but you could have gone Cower as well. If on the coaching end of things, his final game was was, was the Steelers Super Bowl forty. Man, I screwed up. Okay. All right. Anyway, regardless, Fred Nicotero, <laughs> everyone. Yay! Um, so, a few things. First off, you had Denny Nagel on the program today. Denny's Denny, an old friend of mine. Yeah, yeah I met him yeah. his rookie year. Denny is going to be in town. It's coming in. It's going to be great. I, I'm excited to meet him in person. You got he's he's fantastic. I've known him 30 plus years. Met him the day he got called up to the Pirates. I was in a bar, Kangaroos, which I used to do commercials for in Pittsburgh. And I'm allowed to say that on this show, by the way. Oh, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, Jerry, I'm allowed to. No, 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 no. That's punchlines only. Uh, by the way, the tally of uh, money that I owe is $45. For Lent, I gave up saying the word Pittsburgh, my hometown, on punchlines. Is it $5 a time? $5. So that's nine times. Nine times. Those two don't count. I don't have my glasses on. I'm not making eye contact with Jerry right now. <laughs> Those don't count. I'm exempt on this show. So anyway, um, I met Denny. I was at the end of the bar, and he was looking over, and I could tell he was by himself. And he kind of looks over, and then I, he, he's like, hey, how you doing, man? I was like, hey, what's up? He goes, my name's Denny Nagel. I go, you just got caught up by the Pirates today. He goes, yeah. I go, I'm a comedian. I, I, at the time, every Wednesday at this bar, I hosted sumo wrestling. It's where people would put on those inflatable sumo Oh, suits, excellent. Remember? And they'd excellent, fight. yeah. And it was free to do, and it was dollar drafts from 9 to 11 or something like that. It's pretty good. It was unbelievable. And I made $200 cash. This is like, like $200 is a lot of money. Back then, even now, I'd take 200 cash. So, and I'd buy like people beers, so maybe like 10 would be on my tab. So I'm still walking out of there with like 150 end of the night. So we became friends. He used to get me tickets to the game. So yeah, he's flying in March 12th to the 15th, Tuesday through Friday. He'll be in studio. Last time he was here, uh, we had an interview with Tom Glavin, who's a Hall of Famer. He brought in Greg Vaughn and Marty Cordova, two guys that live locally. So this time we got Sean Casey definitely confirmed, who uh, is also from my hometown. I didn't realize he's a... He, he's a uh, he went to a guy. rival high school. He went to he was a South Hills guy. He was a North Hills guy. So Sean Casey's on. Uh, the mayor is his nickname. You know him from MLB. And then hopefully Chipper Jones and John Smoltz. So two more Hall of Famers. So, oh, so and then so. Jonathan Silverman, from, uh, who's an old friend of his, from Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's 2. So yeah, it's going to be fun. And we're going to talk spring training baseball. And then tomorrow on the show, very excited that Lanny Frateri, who was the announcer for the Pirates for about 25 years when I really started listening to baseball, uh, former play-by-play -play guy, he's going to be on the show with Vinny, nice. Vinny Maiulo. But Lanny Frateri, the reason we have him on tomorrow, it's the anniversary of Bobby Knight throwing the chair, the famous Bobby was, Knight was, chair. Was he on the call that Lanny game? Lanny was on the call. I did not game. realize yeah, that. So we're going to have him telling us about that whole atmosphere that was like, and I'm sure we'll have a short clip of that posted tomorrow. After the full show, but yeah, so full show tomorrow. It's been a great week. So I'll ask you this because when we had Jimmy on and Jimmy reminded me of this coming into the show and I didn't realize this, 
Today is the 44th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Oh, wow. I wonder. Yeah, wow. 44 years, Frank. Now, I remember watching that, but at the time, I hadn't, I don't even know if I had watched an NHL game. So that's uh, 80 or 80. 80. 80, 80 yeah, 1980, 80. of course. Yeah. yeah. So it was Lake Placid, New York, and I remember the Olympics were a big deal. Uh, because that's back when we had three channels. So then it was three networks. That's all we had. Maybe a UHF channel. And I remember watching the game and everyone always obviously thinks it was the gold medal game, but it wasn't. It was the semifinal. And then they beat Finland. Or, yep. Very yeah. good. Yep. Um, but I remember watching it and I vividly remember, I mean, it's, I guess maybe people who remember seeing the Beatles and Ed Sullivan, I remember it vividly and, and, you know, becoming just a massive sports fan around that time. Anyway, it was a big deal. And, uh, I, it was huge. I mean, Miracle on, you know, it was tremendous. And then, uh, then, you know, later on the, the Penguins drafted Mario Lemieux. And of course, then I started paying attention in the NHL, but I never was a big hockey guy. I mean, I think that might've been the first hockey game I ever watched. And, uh, as I was reminded, it was on tape delay. Oh, really? it See? was on tape delay. Well, you know, when I was a kid. Oh, I, I know the NBA finals. Yes. Are, until until Magic and Larry saved the league. I know. But I remember, no, I remember there was a swap meet uh, that we would go to on Sundays. And my sister and her friend wanted to go. And I said, I'll go. And it was during a Lakers-Celtics final. Okay. And I, I recorded it, but it was already tape delayed where I was anyway. Um, yeah, we were in Pittsburgh. I, 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 uh, um, keep saying it. It's okay. So I don't know what year that finally happened, but I think, I think maybe the, maybe mid eighties, they were still tape delaying the NBA. Well, the, the, so this was put on, uh, winning time, which by the way, HBO renew that somehow. Can you believe that it got still, canceled? It's still ridiculous. Yes. In the middle of the worst loss that the Lakers suffered. Right. In, and they were going to do the whole championship no, season I, the next season. And yeah. they just had to put up a card at the end. Like, oh, uh, yeah, went on to win. So, so lame. <laughs> yeah. More they didn't give anything. it a chance. Um, that was mentioned in winning time. The, uh, yeah. And, and uh, of course, uh, Brent Musburger, who, who was in, in the studio for, for a long while, right. had mentioned it. Like, that, would, that, that game, the Magic game with 42, 15, and 10, yeah. was, was a tape delay yeah. game, which is amazing to think about because it was, again, it was the Sixers and Dr. J and, yeah. and like, like powerful brand in the NBA and the Lakers who were Los Angeles and magic, of course, the year before just beating Larry Bird in the NCAA championship game in Salt Lake city. Like, yeah, still kind of crazy in retrospect. It really is only 44 years ago. I know it's not, I know, yeah. but it was on tape delay for a while. That is amazing. But, uh, the Olympics now we get live, but of course you have to get up at like 2 a.m. Sometimes. Well, so, so, <laughs> so this is, this is a summer Olympic year. Yeah, in Paris, right? In Paris. Yeah. Uh, the NBC has been promoting the heck out of it for months and months and months. <laughs> and yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because the, and we'll talk with, you'll have Vinny tomorrow, I'll have Vinny yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, 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 I'm excited. We'll, there'll be a, a double dose of Malibu tomorrow. There's nothing tomorrow. wrong with that. Or, uh, or uh, Robert De Niro, as he was uh, mentioned in the, uh, <laughs> right. in the in the Washington Post yeah, article. I loved that. Uh, you yeah, know, that was, one of my friends read the article before, lives on the East Coast, lives in D.C. Right. Uh, and, Send me all oh, great article on the South Point, and the first thing I sent them from the article when I read through it was that line. It was great. It was spectacular, uh, more than anything. And, and by the way, if you've not checked out that article from the Washington Post, great stuff on Chris and company. Uh, I think you get it on the Drudge Report for free too. By the way, you don't you, worry about the paywall. All, well, you don't have to pay for the Post one either. Just send just your put email, your email address. Put your email. You exactly. get the, get the one before it goes through the paywall uh, <laughs> as well. Um, 
I totally forgot where I was going before. Uh, I distracted myself. Young Robert De Niro, Vinny. No, no. Um, uh, the hell was he talking about? I, I don't even know. Well, let's go to something else then. Because <laughs> uh, I just totally lost my, my train of thought. Um, you're a big yeah. baseball guy. Yeah, very We already nice. talked about this with, the, obviously, Danny's good. Denny yeah. Nagel, former uh, Major League starter, Braves, Champ world champion Yanks, with yeah. the Yankees at my expense when he was uh, on the 2000 Yankees. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. Subway Series. He started, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he started game four. Uh, he did. It's four, is it four? That sounds right. Yeah. He I, came over from a, the Reds in a trade. I was at game three. Okay. I was at game three as a, uh, I was seven years old. Oh, wow. Got, got ticket. My family friend of ours got us tickets uh, in the upper tank at Shea. Okay. Um, and it was, uh, it was Rick Reed for the Mets. <laughs> Former pirate. It was Rick Reed for the Mets. He played, he and a... it was El Duque, Orlando oh, wow. Hernandez for the Yankees. And that game was the first postseason loss of Orlando Hernandez's career. Yeah, wow. Because he started out when he came yeah. to Cuba and was awesome in those postseason games. Wow, in 98, El Duque, I forgot yeah. about him. El Duque, of course, would later pitch for the Mets in 06, and his injury, where he got hurt warming up before a start, hurt his leg basically doing, like, calisthenics in the outfield on the off day. Wow. In essence, hurt the Mets run in 06. Because yeah, I don't remember that. Glavin... Before Glavin's disaster in the final game of 07. Oh, which God. We hope, I know you had Glavin the last time with. Yeah, we Nagel. didn't talk we about that. We won't yeah. mention that. <laughs> uh, but El Duque, it, the Mets were stuck with starting Steve Traxel, the human, <laughs> the, the human rain delay. Yeah, Steve Traxel. Uh, John Main, who pitched very well in game six against Cardinals, and Oliver Perez. Ex Pirate. Uh, other, another, he was actually traded from the Pirates that year. Yeah. That was. Big one of the big one of uh, one sizable trade the Mets made in 06. He was a Padre, and we got him in the Jason. We got him and Jason Bay, yeah. Which Jason Bay was like Jason Bay was an awesome pirate, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, horrible God. Met, by the way, yeah, horrible Met, horrible Red Sox, <laughs> but, but he'd already made the but money. uh, but 06 that trade was the the Pirates traded because Ollie was the throw in, yeah, in that trade. The old veteran right hander Roberto Hernandez, oh, God. Who I think was probably thirty nine or forty at the well, time. Well, uh, that's what he would say. But I, his I, birth certificate might say. 47. You said it. I didn't. Ah, it was. And and, and, and Xavier Nady came Xavier the other Nady, way. Yeah, the X Man. Yes. Yeah, and the X Man <laughs> came from New York uh, to uh, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, he had a couple. He he was a solid player. Look at me. See, my my brain still working. Xavier Nady. Wow. Uh, but uh, but so we have in front of us, and you talked about it a little bit today. Yeah, the future win totals. Division, division odds up yeah. behind us. The Los Angeles Dodgers, who by the way won a spring, spring training game today, about nine thousand to one against the Dodgers. Fifteen to one, or so. it yeah. was yeah, it was eight nothing in the first. Yeah, when we had the it Dodgers on. may win a lot of games this year. It was fourteen to one final. By fourteen the way. to one, and they only scored runs in two innings, <laughs> the first and the sixth. Well, they want to wrap it up by then. They just want to get out of there. Kind of stunned they actually played the whole nine. Yeah, right. But the Dodgers are six dollar favorites to win the NL West. And their minus six hundred. And their win totals. Their win totals one hundred three and a half. For what it's worth, on my end, yeah, I don't think one hundred three and a half is enough. I don't think so either. I, I think because the one thing that this Dodger, I mean, they won one hundred six last year, and they weren't even that good. And they didn't have Otani. <laughs> they weren't even that good on paper. Now, granted, it they caught weren't. up to them in the playoffs, where the Diamondbacks smoked them, which yeah. is 
basically the only thing I got right in the last year's I lost on every game on the Dodgers. No, I, they lost the first game. Like, wow, the way one was two in a row. Wow, well, the well, was well, that, that, was the, that was the only thing I bet in the division series nice. last year, and I got it. Well uh, done. Well yeah. done. Because all my Orioles futures went up in flames in, uh, <laughs> in their sweep to the uh the They weren't ready. The they weren't ready. Well, they, I think the Orioles are going to be the second best team in the American I think they're going to be personally. so. I think this year they needed that, that, ex, that playoff experience to lend no. So the interesting thing for me is I don't think 103 and a half is enough. No, personally. I agree. I, I I actually, I know it's an asinine number to it go is. over, but I think the Dodgers are winning 108, yeah, 107. I do too. The other interesting ones, just eyeballing this, you brought up the Pirates earlier. I thought 75 was right. Yeah. I thought they should have been somewhere in 74 to 76. Still under so 500, seven, but it's 75 improving. You brought up the Reds with Denny earlier. In the yeah. Game. I'm not as high on them as everyone else. They seems like, was to it be. 82 and a half? 82 and a half. Thing? Now they're in a horrible. That division's terrible. You know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the Brewers, I think, will be worse. They lost. Cor they got, got traded Corbin Burns. I mean, yeah, I, I, they'll be worse. They, really, all they have left is Yelich and uh, William Contreras. And they signed Sanchez to play first base. Uh, Gary Sanchez to catch and play first. Is that? I didn't even realize the Gary, Pirates were hot. Gary. They, they were hot after him, and then the Brewers got uh, him. Can anyone be hot after Gary Sanchez in twenty twenty four? Apparently, the Pirates were. It was really sad. <laughs> The Cardinals, uh, by the way, the Cardinals were awful last year. They have the highest win total Do they really? in the NL Central at 85. Cubs at 83 and a half. Um, this is also your division as well. Yeah. The Pirates there. I like the Cubs personally. Which they right didn't now, do a lot. They the didn't Cubs do a lot. Two, the the Cubs are two to one to win the division. I think it's just a process, of, a process of elimination where I don't think the Brewers are any good. The Pirates aren't ready. I think everyone's a year early on Cincinnati here. I think next year's the year. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals didn't really get much better after last year's calamity. It's the first year the Pirates finished ahead in the Cardinals since like '92. That, that's, that's true. pretty impressive. That's ridiculous. And yeah. they, they were in the NL East at that point. That yeah. wasn't even the NL Central. That's yeah, that's the last glory. That's the Sid Bream year. That's, yeah. I prefer not to talk about that. But the other, the other, just like again, these are early baseball thoughts. Yeah, Frank, very early. I really like the Yankees. My concern with the Yankees is just their starting pitching behind yeah. Garrett Cole. Sure. Uh, that combo of Soto and Judge is going. Soto could hit 40 homers easily in that stadium. With that porch, yeah. You've, it, I'm curious to see what their their lineup construction is of who's protecting who. Yeah. Will Soto bat in front of Judge or vice versa? Yeah, I wonder. I, I think I'd have Judge bat ahead of Soto. But there is a legitimate argument to be made that Soto, Soto bats gets second. on base so much. Well, that's the walks, thing. That's, the, arg yeah. that's the argument. Yeah. Soto could bat second and bat <sighs> Judge third. Then Stanton. Well, who knows what John Carlos oh, is at this geez. point. But it, they're the team where I, you look at the American League. Everyone in the Central stinks to me. The Twins didn't get any better because they don't have any money because of the, the Bally's nonsense. Right. Um, the Tigers, everyone loved them last year and they were horrible. White Sox, another team. White, the White Sox, this is how bad it's gotten for the White Sox. The White Sox are 50 to 1 to win the American League Central. Wow. And that division is bad also. Yeah. And they are 50 to 1. For just comparison's sake, the Pirates are 17 to 1, and that's the <laughs> long shot in the, in the NL Central. Wow. That's how bad it is for the White Sox right now that they're 50 to 1. I'm almost at a point where I would take a, a, take a, a shot on Kansas City. I they at least have that. done some stuff in the offseason to improve the team. Now they were dreadful last yeah. year. They're a couple years away, probably, but, but you never know. But, Why not I take mean, a flyer? Bobby Witt Jr. is a superstar. You win 83 games? That might be enough in that AL Central. This yeah. year. That's how bad that division <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Look, I spring, 
Springs Eternal. I mean, I just hope Springs Eternal. I obviously, you start you start looking on paper, you go, wow, Pirates maybe aren't that bad. And you look at the other teams and uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to being here for baseball and seeing the minor league games. And uh, and then we got the uh, the games in Korea in like a month, less than a month. Uh, yes, Dodgers. one month one month from yesterday, technically. And Glasnow and uh, Yamamoto. Yamamoto, Yamamoto would just be the third. You'll enjoy this one. If Yamamoto starts opening day for the Dodgers, he will just be the third pitcher since 1942 to start on opening day as his major league debut. Oh wow! How about that? I would have taken the over on that. Wow! Who are the other ones? Do I have know? to look. I have to look. Damn, it up. that's a good stat. I have to uh, look it up real quick. I'm trying to think if like like Nomo, I mean, and not to just go with that. It wasn't Nomo foreign players? Um, oh my God, that's a great stat. Give me a clue, and I'll see if I can get. Well, I have to find. I have to find it again. I'm putting my glasses on to think. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I I, I can't find the tweet, but it did. Let me know if you find out who that is. That's I'll, amazing. I'll find it. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. So I was wrong. He would be the fourth. Okay, but still. He would be the fourth since 1925. Rookie to start in fourth since 1925. So I had it a little bit wrong. He'd be the second since 1940, but he'd be the fourth since 1925. To start a rookie. Uh, yep. To start he'd make his major league debut as the opening day starter. One of them is a Hall of Famer. The other two you're not getting. Mm. And that was the one in 1925. Okay, yeah, I won't get that. Who's that? Pud Galvin or something. You know, who is that? That was Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove. Wow, okay, that's a Hall of Famer. Lefty Grove is a Hall of Famer. And then the other two were Jim Bagby in 1938. Okay, is there one in reasonable time? No. No. Oh, no. well, then there you go. No, the other one is is Al Gerheiser in 1943. Jeez. So basically, it never happened. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. It'll be the first one since World War II. Basically. Yeah, right. Wow, that's a great. Well, pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I would have never. I would have thought something. Now Sarah Langs on uh, on Twitter, one of the best baseball follows. Who is there. that? Sarah Langs. Okay. Uh, ML works for MLB. Now. Oops. Whoa, whoa. Oh, don't don't Not break Denny. Denny. Over. Sorry, don't, Denny. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, basketball. The NBA's back tonight. Yeah. Are you doing your California parlay? I, uh, I I guess I have to put that in. We were talking about it just because it's National California Day. You know, yeah, that's silly. Make it up. I, I, I'm not, man, they make it up. I just follow. <laughs> I know. But, I, you know, there's uh, the Clippers. Um, we're at the Thunder. Um, we were thinking of taking the three favorites. Take the Warriors, the Thunder, who are hosting the Clippers. Then the last game is uh, the Spurs at Sacramento. You do know that Oklahoma City is in Oklahoma, right? Yes, I do. Well, the Clippers are playing them. So <laughs> we're saying we're not going to bet the California teams. We'll bet the games with California teams participating. And Ryan uh, McCormick figured out if you bet the money lines, pays 222, and today's date is 222. See, the <laughs> time is a flat circle, my friends. <laughs> Uh, uh, and did we land on the moon today? Uh, I, apparently we did. Actually. I know. I got to check that out when I get home. I, I didn't have you as a big, uh, big astronomy guy. You know, my sister was. My sister was huge into astronomy. I saw a movie called Capricorn One when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, James Brolin, O.J. <laughs> Simpson. And it was about a fake moon landing. And I, I was like, this movie blew my mind. So uh, my sister probably got me into it more. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of into it. That's pretty good. The Capricorn One. Capricorn One. I saw it in a drive-in. Do you even know a drive? Have you ever been to a drive-in? Anybody back there? Okay, Sean has. Jerry has Caden. Never. Okay, too young. Drive-in theaters are great. By the way, you can watch Capricorn 1 today on Peacock. Is it on Peacock? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm telling you what. Well, I was going to watch Oppenheimer, but screw it. I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch that because I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Has anyone? I, Oppenheimer, how, have I know. Not, how have you not seen Oppenheimer? What's going I on? I was it? sick 
And then, <laughs> no, I just, I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Caden is in shock that I haven't seen it. By the way, Capricorn won that really good cast. Uh, James Brolin, James OJ Brolin, Simpson. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould, yeah. Sam Waterston. Like, there's a lot of good people. Elliot Gould was one of the biggest box office stars of the 70s. Yeah, he was mad. I'm telling you, it's a good movie. Oh, That's man. your assignment. Watch Capricorn 1. Anyone who's never heard of it. But yeah, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Everyone's shocked by that. Oh, this is the guy's shocked. The guy who just saw Weekend at Bernie's is now shocked that I haven't seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> who it turns out lived right down the street from me for four years, by the way. And we didn't know it. In California. On California Day, we're bringing this up. Oh, hey. That's uh... a... <laughs> 4339 background. No, we lived like right by the Aroma Cafe at Moore Park and Tonga in Studio City. He, the other day, I thought they were pulling my leg. He goes, oh, yeah, I used to live in Moore Park and Tonga. I'm like, did I talk about it on the show? We lived right around the corner from me. But we didn't know each other. So I probably yelled at him for skateboarding or biking. You're probably, you're probably the, 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 the get off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. Frank Nicotero. So you already discussed already who's on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Next week as well, leading into the month of March. Yeah. The important thing comes on Friday, though. Next Friday. Is that our 100th or 100th? That will be 101. 101. I lost a bet to Ryan McCormick. We bet uh, on the, uh, it was the devil, uh, the devils, the Golden Knights and the Penguins when they were here. Penguins were up two nothing in the third. I started talking trash. Then they lost three two. See what you see. What did you learn from? That? I learned not to talk trash till the horn sounds. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I have to come dressed. Uh, Ryan thought of this as a Dalmatian to celebrate one hundred and one Dalmatians. So uh, I will be coming in as a Dalmatian. Is that next Friday already? Mm -hmm. I got to get on Amazon and order that. <laughs> and uh, but. Uh, is that really? What's the date on that? Is that March? March 1. March 1st. That's right, because Leap Year will be our 100th episode, February 29th. Uh, you know, that's, honestly, that's perfect. That's perfect. A date that only exists every four yeah, years. exactly. As our 100th As a episode. monumental episode. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty good. Oh, that's my alarm going off. Sorry. You know what that song is? What movie that's from? Is it Jurassic Park? Uh, no, no. No, it sounds like it. It sounds like Jurassic Park. No, it's Philadelphia Morning. It's called Philadelphia Morning. So it's Rocky then. It's yeah. Rocky. Very yeah. good. You'll know as soon as here. This is when he got oh, up. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. Right. Uh, it's when he, he woke up to struggle and then he runs. But at first, that does really it sound does like Jurassic Park, doesn't, it? Yeah, it doesn't does. it? But it's Bill Conti. And then when it kicks in. Anyway, that's from This Rocky. is a great radio right now, by the way. It's great. There it is. Anyway, that's my alarm. It's it gently wakes me up in the morning. I so, wake up like Rocky, and then I eat some raw eggs, and then I go so, out, and I punch so meat. By the by the way, one quick thing on the... Uh, on the uh, the spacecraft that landed on the yes. moon. It is the first time that a U.S. spacecraft has successfully landed on the moon since Apollo 17, which was 51 years ago. I, it's uh, it's incredible. It's pretty cool. I can't wait to go home and check it out. Uh, they had two uh, other countries had failed ones. I think India and Japan or something recently. You would know better than me. I, I just no yeah. Idea. So anyway, it's gonna be pretty cool. So I'm gonna see if they find anything up there. The show's at noon. Noon tomorrow. Monday through Friday. Frank Nicotero, Ryan McCormick. Shenanigans abound regardless. Right. Anniversary of Bobby Knight chair throw. And we'll have Lanny Frateri and Vinny from the Sportsbook. Be a lot of fun. Uh, Vinny will be one up with me tomorrow yeah, as well. Yeah, that's great. Chris Andrews on a well-earned vacation the next few days. He is in Big Sky Country. Uh, yes, he is. Very much so in Big Sky Country. Uh, with a... With a stop in Cedar City, Utah, in the way, by the way. <laughs> what is there? Well, there's a pizza place, apparently, in the name. Why have I heard him talk about he, this? Well, I, talk, he, yeah. He, well, Cedar, isn't Cedar City where, where, where Ryan McCormick went to college, I'm pretty sure? He went to Southern Utah. Is that where that is? <laughs> I'm not certain. I'll have to double check that. But Ryan's not. There's okay, a Caden saying yes. Yes, okay. So, 
There's apparently a pizza place in Cedar, Cedar City, Utah, that Chris swears by. It's one of the best pizzas he ever had. He has to bring some. And he, had, and he said it as an approval of an of a bookmaker who's from New York. I don't know if it's Vinny mm, or not. I don't know. We might have to find it out tomorrow. All right. All right. He's Frank Nicotero. I'm Jeff Parles. Big thanks as always to you out there watching. Big thanks to Kai McKeon and Jimmy Vaccaro for hopping on today. We will see you again tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific time, right here on Sports by the Book. Thank <laughs> you.